Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Psychedelic flow, I'm the dope and the antidote. Laid down the street from the package though. What you know? Going back and forth, in and out, moving lateral. Tools like mechanics, taking women for collateral. Put her on the saddle with a paddle and an Adderall. Just trying to straighten it out like Lattimore. Old tum ass nigga, you are unemployed. Okay, we are all recording from our three separate sunshiny locations, and uh, we are looking forward to the third annual, I forget what I called it earlier this week, but our really probably will end up being sad basketball trip to parts unknown. <laughs> the It's Pretty Okay Company Retreat. Company, company Retreat, brought to you by Saturday Mornings. Sure. Um yeah, it's it's selection Sunday. Uh, there is nothing else today. There's no uh, no holidays or celebrations or anything on the nope. calendar. Uh, nope. All it is is selection Sunday. Um, so it's we, not easy being green, but uh, we 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 get through it anyways. Uh, so so we we wait to to see where our beloved Virginia Cavaliers will will be sent. Um, and, our favorite student athletes. Yes, our our favorite student athletes, uh, and and meanwhile there there's a a, a scandal uh, a brewing in the world of uh, college admissions. You you might have heard about it if you yeah. are alive and have been near a TV or radio in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, Pierce, I think are focused less on Aunt Becky from Full House. Uh, paying unholy amounts of money to try to get her daughter, who just wants to be an Instagram influencer, into USC, then you are in how how this. I, I don't want to keep overusing the word scandal, but like how this scandal like affects college athletics. So I guess there has been some. You know, for, I'll I'll start here, but there there's there's a lot to this, but there has been some discussion now with uh, <laughs> there was some creative uh, photoshopping that went on with some of these <laughs> these candidates, and they were photoshopped onto things like water polo and and rowing or crew, I should say, uh, photographs to show like, oh, maybe my kid isn't super smart and doing well in school, but they're also an athlete, so you should consider bringing them in because you give special accommodations for athletes and you know the ncaa it's it's a secret i feel like we've talked about it on here before but they suck as far as they treat their quote-unquote student athletes and suck is really a a very nice four-letter term we can use for them but just like creative um, was a nice way to describe the photoshopping yes uh and the thing is is i am very concerned about this because uh there's this idea that maybe they aren't going to give accommodations anymore to people who are quote unquote student athletes and just kind of make the playing field. I don't want to say equal, but have the same expectations regardless if you are doing athletic things at school or, or not. Um, do you, do you recall what, what schools were involved or like the, the big name ones that were kind of on that list too? Uh, the ones that jumped readily to mind, I think are USC. Uh, which I, I certainly remember because of the Aunt Becky stuff and also because 
I was in a gym and, and saw the the national TV channel of gymnasiums everywhere, Fox News, where Tucker mm-hmm. Carlson was running a Chiron that said USC University of Spoiled Children? Question mark. Uh, so USC, Stanford, and Yale. Yeah. Did Max, did you – well, did either of you apply to any of these schools? I feel like you might have. I applied to two of them. Oh, really? Which yeah. – did you apply to Yale and USC? No, I applied to the two California schools. I, I had applied a, to the third. I had a uh, – when I was in high school, I had I had this dream that my, my ambition in life was to start a record label, you know, because uh, I I wasn't aware that the – musical economy was rapidly crumbling even as early as like 2008 um so i i was on a big california kick so i applied to usc and stanford usc i almost went to usc yeah oh wait uh max which one did you apply to the third oh the 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 four-letter one yes yeah, I, 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 well, Max, I would also ask of you, like Stanford and USC, like they do sports stuff, but I think one of the fascinating components of this in this discussion is when when you think of Yale, do you in New Haven, you do you, do you think of do you think of the sports, the shooty hoops, the the throwy ball? No, no, and and I assume that you didn't you didn't have that that additional you didn't do any creative photoshopping in in your application. That's a harsh <laughs> assumption. <laughs> uh, I, I do remember that being a thing, though, is you were supposed to include a photo of yourself in your applications. I certainly didn't do that or, or that was just – but I also – I am the proud I, – I am the product of exclusively Virginia public school educations for my entire life. So, you know, what do I know about any of this? Uh, my, my rejection letters from schools out of this state – oh, actually, basically – yeah, are 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 were piled high, but yeah, I, I mean, I guess first first and foremost, I actually want to ask you, Max, because you're from the ex- exceptionally brutal northeast of applying to schools and getting in and everything, and I just kind of want to get did did you read about this this week and have any feelings of animosity towards it or or anything like that. I actually haven't really read anything about this, so I'm hoping you guys can can inform me a little bit, as well as maybe some of our listeners that aren't aren't as informed. Yeah, yeah, uh, Sean, I think you can. And then do I can have with... an on on air reaction, I suppose. <laughs> I think Sean could probably do it in a little more measured ways than than maybe I could. Yeah, that that sounds about right because you are very ginned up about this, Ed, and like I'm I... mad about it too. But I, I can control myself for a little longer, I think. So the the crux of the issue is that uh, wealthy families, including some famous ones, uh, are, are paying uh, sums of money ranging from unconscionable to sinful uh, <laughs> to to these to well, to one or two companies in particular whose whose job is to uh, help people get into colleges but not through the normal means of like helping you prep for the SAT or like you know giving you tips on how to write college essays it's more like the shady shit like having a, an adult man go take your SAT for you or paying obnoxious sums of money to 
college athletics programs in order to bribe coaches to uh, to lie and, and classify you as recruits uh, for certain sports that you don't participate in because being an athlete for better or worse gives you an insane leg up in college admissions. Also, uh, I would point out, and there's a piece on Vox, a first person, which is what they do. Um, and this, this is, uh, and this I saw, and I've seen in, in my life too, uh, not for me, but in, you know, around me, which is there were people who were getting special exemptions to get extra time, yes. uh, in their examinations when they had no, um, they were not in any way disabled, uh, learning challenged in any way. So they were just getting extra time for the SRT, SAT, ACT, um, which is, if you are actually challenged, that is super offensive. Yeah, that so, that to me is the the part of this that I'm I'm the most disgusted by. Send uh send me the link to that. Yeah, uh, after this, and we'll we'll put it in the show notes so that you can go read it for yourself. Hmm. So, and and the other thing, Max, you have to recognize is people like the the children of Felicity Huffman and William H Macy. The children of uh, Laura – is it Laura Lori? Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin. Just call her um, Becky, dude. Well, you know, I don't want to – so I've seen I've seen people who have been saying, you know, hashtag free Aunt, Aunt Becky. It's like, no, no, that's, that's not okay because the thing, Max, that ultimately happens with this is these are – a lot of these are privileged white people that have all the privilege in the world and wealth – and then they decide to, on top of that, and not even like the normal semi-grift of let's just, you know, build a wing of at USC or build a new building, you know, whatever. Give $100 a year to the university from the time the, the kid is born. No, this is like grift on, on top of that and not even to the university, to these other people, into fake nonprofit organizations um, that aren't actually charities. Um, so they are taking their privilege and adding on to it. And just if you were unsure if the meritocracy was fake, it's very much fake now. Just, you know, at the ankles. And I'm yeah. trying to be measured about this, but this is terrible. Yeah, guys, I'm starting to think we may not actually be judged on our, our merits. Maybe. Who knows? Oh, that's that's weird. So, I, I mean, is my – Max, is my – irritation reasonable you are the most measured of the three of us i think in general in life so i'm asking you if if i'm crazy here um it sounds pretty bad but isn't surprising at all i mean like you just said people have been people have been donating money to build new wings of libraries to get their kids into schools forever i don't see how this is that different but you can see that but isn't maybe the level of shadiness and actual illegality of this kind of surprising? Like I had, I have no illusions that you know that the the wealthy and powerful were exerting their wealth and power to give their children a, a leg up in life. Because I've been alive in America for twenty seven years, like it doesn't it doesn't take that much looking to see that. You know, that's pretty out in the open, but, but the, I mean, you know, this is, this is bribery and fraud. Like it's, it's crime and there's a difference. You know, we were, we were talking about 
tax loopholes before we started recording. Like, there's a difference between, you know, taking advantage of every possible loophole to lower your tax burden and committing outright tax fraud. So, like, I'm, yeah. I'm still, I'm still pretty stunned by this. Just like by by the level to which this has gone. I don't know. So I think for me, uh, you know, these are I say again, I I took I took my ACT or, or my SAT largely in Prince William County in, for instance, Stonewall Jackson High School. Lovely name they still have, especially in a high school that is um, I believe a majority minority population. Um, <clears throat> so not a good look. Uh, but I took it there, you know, this is a huge high school that, that has like 3000 people. And I took my SAT or ACT there and it was you know, very just white walls, proctored, no windows. You have two minutes between sets, you know, sessions, whatever it is. I took one of my SATs or ACTs at um, St. Anne's Belfield, which you two should be familiar with. It's in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tiny private school. Um, I've only ever gone to public schools. I really don't know how private schools work, except that, you know, they, sometimes they wear cool clothes and they usually get into better schools than people from my high schools. And I, and I recognize, Sean, you went to a, a, a private high school. I did. Uh, uh, a, and so I was taking my test there. It was not in a windowless room. Um, the proctors were also teachers at the school. They weren't like, you know, just, you know, random people from yeah. the community or whatever. They were not as strict about time between sessions. And one thing that I noticed and I was totally uh, mind boggling to me, but I didn't say anything at the time is in between the, you know, section one and section two. They'd kind of, or whatever, they'd pause and talk to the students taking the test because they were students at the school and the proctors were teachers at the school and they were kind of helping might be the wrong word, but definitely encouraging them in a way that you're probably not supposed to do. And these are the little things that, and I should pause right here. I had all the opportunity in the world. I'm totally privileged. And I thought I had a leg up on so many people. But the thing is, is you don't realize the layers and levels until you're in a situation like that. And I'm not going to say anything. I'm, I don't know where I am. I'm a hundred miles from my home. Sure. And here it is. And this is the little things, the incremental things that, that lead up and, and people get an advantage. So I know that for me, I am concerned about how this will affect, you know, student athletics for people that have even, you know, have no advantages and, you yeah. know, maybe play a sport and are excellent. And that affords them. They come from not a nice high school, like, like I did, or, or we all did and are now, you know, not necessarily in a position to go to somewhere like UVA, but they say, you know, you're really good at export. And I can see that you're maybe not a perfect student, but you're, you're promising. So let's bring you down. And so what this spotlight does that I'm concerned about is the people that deserve this help and, and are, you know, hard workers and show their commitment to things are not going to get those leveling of the playing field anymore because of a bunch of stupid rich people who decided that the normal amount of privilege was not enough for their children. Yeah. as as to your SAT experience and, and and mine taking it at my high school, 
I definitely recall the Proctors being teachers. You know, I, I would say I don't I don't necessarily remember the testing day experience all that well, but mm-hmm. you know, in my hazy memory, I you know, I guess I I felt like there was a sense of encouragement in that like you know, they're teachers at the school, so they want you to do well, but certainly not not in the sense that anyone was doing anything untoward to, yeah. you know, to help out. But, but, you know, but your your point is a good one. And, and part of the reason, you know, regardless of whether you feel like this is a, a good thing or not, you know, the reason that athletes... Uh, particularly athletes in major sports get a leg up in the admissions process is that college has evolved. What college does has evolved and it's a, it's a business now every bit as much, if not significantly more than it is an institute of higher learning. And so when you calculate out, you know, there, there's, there's some level of a cold calculation of, is someone who's going to get a degree in, you know, arts and sciences, is someone who's going to, you know, come study French literature as valuable to the university community as, or the university as a business as someone who is going to play football or men's basketball? Because as we know, those are the big revenue sports. You know, the answer is no. And so that is regardless of whether you feel good about that or not you can't ignore that that is the avenue through which athletes get college opportunities that they might not otherwise get on their academic merits and so you know if the end result of this if the end result of this is to change that process and and for schools to you know, uh, to lessen or eliminate the boost that they give to athletes in admissions, you know, this is only going to get worse. It's going to get worse for that. The athletes that you're talking about who are coming from places where they might not have all the advantages, it's going to get worse, you know, and, uh, this is, this is something we discussed a little bit before we started recording today. Like it's going to get worse. I think we're all people who, you know, as we said, think the NCAA is a terrible sham organization that is really bad for athletes, you know, and, you know, they have this, they've had this charade of the student athlete for as long as we can, you know, for as long as they've existed. Uh, and, and it's really been exposed as colleges have become more nakedly business operations yeah you know and and so uh, eliminating the boost that athletes get in admissions would also be bad for people who want to see that charade continue to be exposed and for there to be an end point where colleges have to own up to the fact that you know on, on some level athletes are you know employees or at least are revenue generators for the universities and need to be compensated yeah. as such. The people it's good for are people who want to maintain the charade. It's people who, yeah. you know, 
as you, as you said, who who want every school to be Notre Dame. Yeah. So, yeah. And Notre Dame prides itself on the fact that, oh, you know, we have a very high standard for our student athletes as, as both athletes and students. Um, I would say that Stanford kind of does that too. And mm-hmm. to an extent, I feel like I like to think UVA does. I don't know if they really do in practice. But so this, this made me think of something, Max, for you. Um, you applied to the University of Virginia out from out of state. Um, which is difficult to get into. On top of that, did you apply to the engineering school in your application? Yes, I did. Which is even harder to get into out of state, is it not? I believe so, but I'm not sure. I, I yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it is. And in general, as applying as an out of state person, you know, is is that something that that you had an idea on of that's a difficult thing, and you felt like you had accomplish something getting into uva out of state uh yeah sure certainly it felt good i just i guess what i'm thinking of is do you does does a situation like this make you i guess less maybe not less proud of that but like as does it raise some more questions about how i mean i don't think that people are you know throwing money in the millions to get into UVA's engineering school out of state because they want to be an influencer at USC somewhere warmer. But, you know, do you, do you start, are there any questions that are raised by, by, you know, how real those numbers are, I guess? Not to me, particularly. I mean, maybe I'm just, maybe nothing was lifted from my eyes, but again, I'm not, I'm not really that surprised by, by anything here. I mean, I, I always was under the impression that, rich people can buy their way into anything i mean it's the it's not just higher education and rich people can post bail and go to court to get out of crimes rich people can pay you can pay to get out of jury duty you can uh yeah i mean you can you can buy uh you know a visa to stay in the country that's (laughs) like so so i mean i think that your cynicism is well founded (laughs) it's not good Um, i get it it truly is do you do you, is there is this you know is this at all a result of of being in in the northeast which you know the number of people honestly at virginia schools who were from you know new jersey and massachusetts and how difficult it is to get into schools there especially state schools do you think it's at all foundationally from that experience uh it could be a little bit um mm-hmm. i think also i mean you specifically brought up the the engineering school at UVA and I'm not sure that someone would it sounds to me like most of these instances were 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 children of 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 wealthy people who the the children themselves didn't necessarily have the the drive to to work hard in school and so I don't know mm. how well they would they would do in an engineering program because you can't really slack off and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be you know I'm not trying to say anything I'm not here I just yeah I just you're not going <laughs> to I don't think you're going to have fun um, yeah. buying your way into time. an engineering program that you don't want to be in <laughs> D- versus different. like a poetry program in in sunny Southern California. I, yeah. You 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 watch talking about that poetry program. Some of us read yeah. books in school. You you you. <laughs> Some of us are dating poets. 
I, that, you know what I mean. Someone's going to be I'm, very mad. No, I, you, 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 you may. I mean, I, we had generous curves, sure. I, <laughs> the, the only generous curves in the high school. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess, I, I, I mean, you know, I think, I think for me, I, it, 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 it just, it's the, you aren't surprised, Max. And, um, I'd like to say I'm not, but I think I'm, you know, maybe taking it, not, not even personally, but I'm thinking about it more because it's just another example. It's like at a point in, in college, I, I ran into people who were, you know, of better means. And I just didn't realize that this world existed. I, you know, I thought, you know, I thought that the red carpet had been basically rolled out for me my whole life. And, um, it, it is. But apparently there's another type of carpet that has uh, gold kind of flaked yeah. into it and stuff. And it's just <clears> – I guess I, I don't know how to to – I need to get over that in part because I realize that there are plenty of people that we went to school with who um, – you know, sometimes you, you do need a leg up in, in terms of, of admissions and a little bit of help with, oh, yeah, you know, you, you truly are well-rounded. I felt like I was – and probably the three of us were exceptional students in high school. But to be a good student, a pretty good student or, or whatever the case may be, and maybe it's on a curve compared to your high school, um, and then also be an exceptional – you know, athlete, or maybe you're an exceptional debater, or you've got something else. And the idea that now we're going to kind of take away the the advantages and looking at that, I mean, in some ways, I think it is, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what going to university was, was for, but if it, the idea is to make you more thoughtful and really feel like you're a well-rounded person, what this is saying, and I'm afraid because of this, uh, you know, occurrence, this scandal, which is a word we're not necessarily okay with is it's going to say, oh, in high school, we don't care if you're well-rounded. You just need to be an exceptional student and we need to be able to point to a real SAT that you took. I mean, I would point out, Sean, you're familiar with this. Uh, it's it's hard to talk about Derrick Rose, but I would say, let's go back 10 years ago. Derrick Rose was criticized a lot because of, did he really take his SAT? And it was a really nasty way to, to talk about him. And, you know, in general, it spilled into, oh, athletes aren't very smart. They they can't take their SATs. And that's I don't want us to to go to a point where we're saying these people are all idiots. They can't get into schools. So to be fair, wasn't it also found that he didn't take his SAT? I, I, mean, I on the podcast, I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't recall. But it was very what I do, shady. What I do know is that they took down a championship banner. Oh no, no, sorry, they oh, didn't. Yeah. They actually lost the championship game that year. Uh, but they vacated threats. a lot of wins, if, if I recall. Um, I mean, you know. Let's also stipulate that making this about you know there was a, a whole a whole rash of stuff on on Twitter of, of people who were like you should only you should only look at academic achievement you know in in deciding whether someone gets into college and like it's the problem is that it is impossible you know uh, short of nationalizing and federalizing high school education it is impossible to standardize you know, measurements of academic achievement from not just from one state to the next, not just from one city to the next, but from one school in a city to the next. Like there are, there were, you know, 
grew up in New Orleans, there were different grading scales at different high schools. Like, how do you do that? So then you come back to these standardized tests. And look, I my summer job for two summers was teaching an SAT prep class. It was the it was the old fashioned, you know, it was the old fashioned legit non illegal way for rich people to give their kids a leg up by spending nine hundred dollars yeah. to send their kids to learn how to take the SAT better. And you know, yeah. it correlation isn't causation, but I don't think it's uh, you know I don't think it's a secret or a surprise that the thing that correlates most closely with students' SAT scores is household income, household wealth. So like I, these these things are bad. Like you can't yeah. you can't do that. You have to look at what someone brings to the you know the idea is that you want to build you know a well-rounded class, and it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone is a super well-rounded person. But it means that you have athletes. It means that you have people who are, you know, going to go on to be prolific researchers. I, I mean, I, I think that, the, you know, I think that the the leg up in admissions to athletes is far, far less harmful. You know, I, I mean, what? I, I, I got a different kind of leg up in admissions at UVA, which is that I have a parent who went to UVA. And I'm I'm pretty confident that on my merits from my grades in high school from the stuff I did and what I felt like I brought to the table and my SAT scores like I I think that I was plenty competitive to get in on my own. But I'll but I also never know that. I will never know for sure, yep. you know, whether you know whether I I would have gotten in otherwise and I I think that you know, that to me is a much more it, – it's a much more potentially nefarious thing for for colleges to do um, be, because, you know, it, it's pretty – it's pretty obvious that the reason that that is done is to elicit, you know, parents to, you know, to keep giving money. You know, to keep even outside of, you know, their kids getting in and then having to pay a bunch of tuition, but like, you know, fostering you know lifelong cycles of donation, and yeah. and so it, it all goes back to how how is that you know how is the business model operating, and, and yeah. where where is the money coming from, and you know I think to a certain extent like I want to I want to see college athletes paid for the revenue that they bring to the university. But I think that, you know, short, I think that you can't assume, you know, someone who gets a leg up because of athletics, you know, it's right there in the, in the statement that what they're bringing to the university community is athletic achievement that will reflect positively on the school and will help bring in money somehow, whether it's, through tournament revenues or through, you know, alums being happy with how their school's teams are doing and giving money. But, like, you know, someone who gets a leg up because they're a legacy, there's not something implicit in that statement that they bring to the table besides deepening this whole cycle of 
anti-meritocracy and enforcing that there are, you know, they're just, it's a family thing. And, yeah. and, and so like, I think that that has much more potential to be harmful. Yeah. Max, you were going to say. No, I mean, I just think that, you know, Sean mentioned paying for SAT classes. And I mean, I kind of see private high schools and private middle schools in that same boat. It's, oh, there's, sure. There's legal means sure. to get ahead with money. I guess this is a next level where these people resorted to illegal means, which is unfortunate, but it 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 seems silly to be upset at what, what they're doing without unveiling the, the, the big picture, which is that money can... Yeah, money makes more money. I mean, it's all it's all just leveled. It's <laughs> um, private middle schools are to help you get ahead of the kids who went to public middle schools, yeah. and high schools are the same thing. And then this extra stuff on top is the private school kids getting ahead of the other private school kids. Yeah. So and yeah. and I would and I would say with with all this, you know, I I've never I've never been in a private school. I've never been in one of those topic for a different way charter schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I was fortunate to be a good student and I was in AP classes, but AP classes are ultimately taught to a test. There's a, there's a curriculum. Sure. I was also in schools in Virginia and my entire life we were teaching to SOL, standard of learning. SOL is an interesting term, but, and I think Massachusetts might have something similar, but there is a test. There is a curriculum that you're taking at the end of the year or every couple years mm-hmm. to a test, you know. But it wasn't to teaching to the SAT, and and so there there was this the structure and everything that you know seemingly makes people you know equal. But at the end of the day, as as you kind of both mentioned, the SAT what what is uh, what is correlation and probably causation? If you're from a home where they have really strong vocabularies or whatever else, wealth basically, um, you do well in that. The ACT it, it's maybe better for people who are just good students. But I would also point out. If the curriculum in your school isn't awesome and maybe the teachers aren't as great because they've got 40 kids in a class or something, it's hard to stay you know, on track with 40 kids in a class, you might not do as well. I mean, ultimately, this is just highlighting at the end of the day for me all of this. And I have to think about my experiences and I did great and I did you know, more than great and I had all the opportunity in the world and I like to think I took pretty good advantage of it. Um, and, but not all of it was deserved. And the thing that this highlights maybe more than anything else is that if you think that there aren't systemic inequalities, you're a goddamn idiot because th- this is, this just shows it. You can, you know, even if you have all the advantages in the world, you can pay more to get more. And that's ultimately why I'm angry. In the words of Snoop from The Wire and a print that I have hung on my wall. Yep. Deserve got nothing to do with it. Yep. 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 Okay, man, we, uh, Max, everything is fine, right? This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. It's, it's fine. How, what, what's the weather in Boston today? It's like, is it like 60? Oh, no, it's colder than that, I think. I've only gone outside to do my laundry, though. Oh, okay. Well, I was, I was um, for... a little bit hungover today. <laughs> Can't uh, imagine why. Because, again, we as we were as, celebrating the holiday, that's, as I said, there were no other things happening Sunday. this weekend. Um, that's right. So, uh, if, if you want to, if you want to get heavy with us about the college admission scandal or legacy admissions or any of that other stuff, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at pretty okay pod and let us know what you think. 
if we're if we're wrong because actually this is <laughs> that's what the money's for arguably like oh, what we've basically right the wire just like the whole ethos of the wire describes this so well <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's what, or, oh sorry I, I forget that you know i forget that that's what the money is for is mad men i was thinking of lester freeman follow the money yeah um, but follow you know follow the money you deserve got nothing to do with money. it uh, my name is my name. That, I'm sure that's got something to, that it's probably ties into the legacy thing. Um, yeah. all right. Enough about that. Uh, let let's let's move uh to our recurring segment. Pierce is sorry, and uh, what are you apologizing for today? So the day we're recording, which is Sunday the seventeenth, is is actually the holiday. I believe if we're, we're calling it a holiday. In the the uh, in well, it, Sean, you you can quote this one. But if I offered you uh, Bushmills, what would you say? It's Protestant whiskey. That's right. Um, uh, not Jameson, which is which is Catholic whiskey. Uh, so I was thinking today, and I recently read. Milkman, which is a the Man Booker Prize winner last year, which is a phenomenal book about um, life during the the Troubles in in Northern Ireland, and it's uh, I highly recommend the read for everyone. But you're saying, okay, what does this have to do with being sorry? What has to do with being sorry is when I was in high school, back when I was trying to be a well-rounded person and a student athlete, uh, I went to the golf course on St. Patrick's Day. And, uh, I, I, I guess you could say that I was very, you know, conscious of my dress at that time. So I had a green polo shirt for St. Patrick's Day, which is great. And I matched my shorts with the, the polo, the polo fella. Um, the polo fella was orange. And I am sorry today. And one person, one person at the golf course that day did say to me, an older gentleman said, if you were in Ireland, you would be shot. Um, and the thing is, and this is important, speaking of teaching curriculum in schools and everything, this was within 10 years of the, the Good Fridays Accords, because it was probably like 2006 or something, 2005. And I have been trying recently to educate myself more on the troubles and the, the history of Ireland and, you know, the, the things that went on in Northern Ireland in the middle of the last century up through, well, ever. Um, and I, I am sorry for failing to educate myself more on that because it is a fascinating and dreadful um, episode in recent history of how, you know, people on the same street can really have tremendous differences that, that you may not realize caused, you know, endless terror and problems and everything else. And I, I recommend reading Milkman and uh, a couple weeks ago on a uh, political gap fest. They had someone, which is, I forget the name of the book. Pa- but Patrick Keefe from the New Yorker. His book is called Say Nothing. I was just, I, yeah. I just had the intern look it up. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I highly recommend you read into this, especially in light of, of Brexit. And uh, again, I, I apologize for not uh, educating myself more because I think it's important to understand you know, how different cultures have come to be and clashed. Yeah. Um, learning is good. Being aware of your surroundings is better. Understanding historical context is best, maybe. Who knows? Um, yeah. But but yeah, yeah. Like making an effort is always good. Uh, that that's something that we are we're fans of here. So uh, I will close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture, um, and, and 
TV shows are back. Uh, I, I'm I'm very happy about that. I, I think I talked about Jesus and Mero a few weeks ago. Oh, uh, they have returned and they are firing on all cylinders. Uh, Max, did you watch it? No. Oh, I thought you were indicating you had watched it. I was doing the little Game of Thrones theme song. Oh, yeah. Game, yeah, Game of Thrones is is coming. Uh, so Game of Thrones is coming, and I've I've responded to that by putting together a plan for how I was going to parcel out and and rewatch important episodes about half of the show uh, in the weeks leading up to uh, to it. Um, naturally, I blew through that. Uh, much faster than I I thought I would, and I finished my my rewatch uh, a week ago. Um, so I have been uh, I've been filling I've been filling the Game of Thrones void I created by filling my Game of Thrones void too fast uh, by re-listening to episodes of binge mode. Uh, but also, uh, Queer Eye is back. And, and I, I talked about that uh, a few months ago and, and spending time watching that with Emily and, you know. Ma- Ma- I just want to say, Max is nodding his head vigorously. Like is, is, this what, is this what having a significant other is? It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about Queer Eye, which I've heard is a great show. But am I not allowed to watch it? Is that how this works? No, you are allowed to watch it and you, you uh, should watch it. Remember? You should watch it. Remember, making, making an effort and understanding the world around you is really good. Yeah, but I don't want to like get get. I don't want to get dusty in here by myself. I feel like it's a better shared experience. You know, you can deal. You're you're a big boy, um, but but it's it's back and, and you know I, I think one of the things that I praised uh, the first two seasons, which were set in Atlanta, for was uh, breaking out of the very very stereotypical box that the original concept, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Uh, lived in which was four uh five sorry five magical gay wizards uh fix a schlubby straight guy who can't possibly handle his own life um and and they've done uh they've done more of that uh in in the episodes i've seen of the um of the third season they're they've now moved on to kansas city um and they uh, I think in the second season they uh, they made over their first gay man. Uh, now they have made over the first gay woman. Um, they they did an episode with um, with a man whose wife had had died of, of cancer uh, two years prior, you know, and, and was not. You know, wasn't looking for love or anything, but was just trying to to get a hold of his life better for his kids, and, and just it's it it was very dusty. It was very yeah. very dusty. Um, it, you know, it is it is an emotionally manipulative show, no doubt about it. But I, it's not a bad thing. Um, you know, and and it just. It, I, I mean, I talked about RuPaul's Drag Race. It, it's these are shows that are are meant are meant to uplift you. They're, they're meant for you to derive strength and confidence from other people finding their strength mm-hmm. and confidence. And I just like, everything's shitty right now. We need more, yeah. we need more strength and confidence collectively. So, you know, find, find someone you don't mind crying around and, and watch the yeah. new season of Queer Eye. 
Raise the roof on your heart, if you will. What? What? Yes, that is. I think that is. A, <laughs> that was the appropriate response. <laughs> perfect, that's a perfect bow to put on this. Uh, that is oh. the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod or at our home on the web www.prettyokaypod.com. Pierce, you posted a new recipe. I made that recipe. It was oh. delicious. It was wow. really good. Um, yeah. I, I I had made a couple slight alterations or not alterations but additions that we that I had kind of run by you and I think yeah, they were yeah. I think they were A plus. Um uh, so go check that out. Uh, it, this one is uh I believe from scratch. This was just yeah. pure kitchen yeah. creativity, which is is really neat. Yeah. Um yeah. so go go find that. You can also And it's literary. There you go. Uh yeah. we are pro reading. You can also find every episode of our show uh, there, or you can subscribe to our our feed on your podcast app of choice, so you'll get our episodes every week without having to go find us. That's a cool thing. Uh, if you do that, do us a favor, please. Uh, leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We will be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Uh, but we got to go so we can go see where UVA is seated because apparently it has now been announced. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Matt. Thanks for listening. Back. You can clap that, talk to patty cake, school of hard knocks, you ain't graduate, surround a bedroom with some yellow tape, and some chalk lines, they gon' investigate, but C-level, I'm on G-level, long as she naked, on C-level, money in the way, for what they got to say, I throw it up, it's falling down, it's definitely in the way, more three naked, talking big flips, on the phone on, and she still takes the money in the way, for what they got to say, I throw it up, it's falling down, it's definitely in the way.